Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 4th. Your reactions to events are more important in your life than the events themselves. Make sure that you react always in such a way as to increase your inner peace and happiness. This is a very, this is a very mighty and important statement. I have already quoted earlier in this month um, Master's remark, it doesn't matter what happens to you in life, the only thing that matters is what you become through what happens to you. Now that can sound exceedingly callous. And my first uh, suggestion to you, and even here, reading Swamiji's words, is pause for a moment and, and give me a chance to try to explain what he's talking about. Now, a lot of things that are in this book that Swamiji has written, he's essentially at the top of a, of a row of high hills, and he's skipping from mountain peak to mountain peak to mountain peak because this is four sentences or two sentences or even just one sometimes, in which he's giving you the conclusion based on a, a whole lot of understanding of the nature of life that, that leads to that conclusion, and he's not articulating all the things that came before it. In his life, Swamiji wrote 150 books. Some of them were, were more aphoristic like this, but others are giant tomes commenting on the scriptures, the, the Bhagavad Gita or the Bible or um, Patanjali or biography of Yogananda, autobiography of his own, I mean, big books, where he, he, he draws more of the, the pathway up to that point. So a lot of with what Swami is saying here, if you, if you stick with this book and this series at all, you have to stop for a minute and ask, what is he trying to say? I, I worked and lived closely with Swami Kriyananda for 45 years, and he would often say things that were just not readily comprehensible to me. Now, he was, he was not a Zen master. He never spoke in koans. It wasn't that he would just drop some incomprehensible phrase on me and just leave me there for, you know, alone in a dark room for 20 hours to try to understand it. His, his words would be very simple, like this. Your reaction to events is not nearly so important. I mean, your reaction to events is more important than the events themselves. And there might be just this instinctive desire to push back against it. So what I learned over my many years with Swamiji in order to draw the most from a spiritual teacher. So what I'm talking about here is how to learn from someone you believe to be wise. Now, the premise, of course, is that you have to believe that they're wise, but I had become quite convinced intuitively from the beginning that Swami Kriyananda was very wise. So when he would say or do things that either contradicted what I, what I believed at the, at the time or just were incomprehensible to me, I couldn't accept them because much as I respected him, I also respected myself. And I also knew that I, I wouldn't operate well on blind obedience. That was just not going to work for me. 
or blind acquiescence. It just wouldn't work for me. My, to the annoyance of my friends, I have to say, I often answer the simplest question by dismantling it down to its basis. You know, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, I don't know what kind of bread do we have? What kind of peanut butter do we have? What is the jam? You know, what what, what proportion of jam to peanut butter we can ask? I mean, that that's not exactly fair, but it would be more like, I just have to understand the context. I could say yes or no to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was a bad example. But I always have to understand the context, and I have to really see how we built up to this concept. So I respected Swamiji too much to discard his ideas, but I respected myself too much to accept them if I didn't understand them. So what I, would, I, I developed several different coping strategies, and believe me, I didn't have to do this all the time, but it happened often enough. One was to just put it on a shelf. I would neither accept nor reject. I would just store it and see what happened over the course of sometimes years before I would have an experience and then I would remember what Swamiji had said and I would realize, oh, that's what he was talking about. Now I understand it. I just didn't have the experience yet to understand it. Or I would ask myself, you know, what? why am I reacting? <laughs> or what is he trying to say? What What is the point that he is getting across here? Because... What happens when he says your reaction to events is more important than the events themselves? You think, it's not important that my child died? It's not important that my mother is gone and I have no one to take, you know, no one who's going to love me like that anymore? It's not important that I've lost my job and for two years I haven't been able to get another one? There's just this kind of like rebellion against something that seems so harsh. So we have to ask ourselves, well, how could such and I'll just use the phrase, such a stupid, unfeeling idea, be true. Of course it's not true. So either you throw this book in the trash and, and, you know, cut off your subscription to these podcasts or however you're watching it, or we just stand back for a moment and ask, what could he be trying to say? So here, in this particular case, we have to take an entire worldview. Because if we just think that we're born... We live for a certain number of years and we die, and that's the beginning, the end, and the middle of the story. Then the things that happen have a certain importance because that's all there is, is the things that happen. So behind the premise of living wisely, living well, we have to ask that basic question. What is the nature of life? Because we don't know how to live life unless we have some overall idea of what life is. You know, how did we get here in the first place? Why are we here? What is the purpose of life? And this is where, over time, if we we are drawn this way, if we are inspired, if we have the karma this way, uh, more expanded ideas than the obvious will begin to come to us. And the more sincere we become in our interests, the more resources are put into our hands. Paramahansa Yogananda He was an Indian teacher who came to America in 1920, and in 1946, he published a book called Autobiography of a Yogi. That book has been published in in dozens of languages. It is still, after all these years, a best-selling book often in, in the category of spiritual books. And almost every person, or an astonishingly high percentage of people, 
who move at all out of the what you might call the traditional spiritual religious denominational way of thinking have read autobiography of a yogi and almost all of them will say it was a, a key catalyst for everything i've become since then now i'm not well i am advocating the book if you haven't read it i highly recommend that you read it um but what i'm also saying is there comes a time where the the most narrow concept of reality cracks and it cracks partly because once we crack that narrow narrow possibility it opens ourselves up to one of the most fundamental ideas which is widely held to by the majority of people in the world that that this is not our only incarnation now how people talk about reincarnation varies a great deal but the fact is that when we appear as a baby it's not our first it's not life does not start life in this body starts but not life itself and when we exit at death we don't actually disappear we just go into the next room jesus put it my father's house has many mansions my father's mansion has many rooms that we just move from room to room nowadays with these marvelous advances in medical technology people can have a death experience medically verified death experience and then they have an out of the body experience of the fact that gee i'm not dead i've just moved out of my body into another reality and then they come back i mean it's become so common nowadays that many people don't even question it anymore and there's many examples of memories of past lives also so once you have the basic concept and this is entirely what swami ji is writing about here you have the basic concept that we are part of a very long story you know little children when they reach a certain profic- proficiency in reading get to read what they always call chapter books chapter books are so exciting because children's books it's just one little storyline from front to back you know there's the pokey puppy the pokey puppy does a whole lot of very uninteresting things and then the book ends the first time one of my uh, ch- the children of one of my friends gave me the pokey puppy and had me read him the pokey puppy about five times then i said okay sweetheart take this book to your mommy and say mommy burn this book <laughs> and of course mother had to explain to me that it was developmentally appropriate and yes it was true it was an unspeakably dull and boring book but not for the child who wanted to hear it from me five times but then the child advances and i'm this is an analogy also of the soul the child advances and he can he can hold the concepts in his mind that he can read a chapter but the story's not over there's a whole lot more pages then he turns over and then there's another chapter and then another and another and finally he gets to the back cover it's a big expansion of potential experience we as souls we just live through the pokey puppy five times 500,000 times until finally we advance to the point where we can hold the concept that i'm this this lifetime is the middle of this tremendous story and this tremendous story has a consistent plot from the beginning to the end and that plot is for for i the, the true i not the 
not the body I live in at this moment, but the true I, the infinite I, the jiva is the wonderful Sanskrit word for it. Soul also works, but jiva is more exact. I, the jiva, incarnate in body after body as I gradually learn the, the true nature of reality and as I move from delusion to bliss. And delusion is to misunderstand the nature of this world and to misunderstand the purpose of this world. You know, high school or, or kindergarten or college is not meant to be a permanent condition. We go to college because there are things that we learn for the next, we need to learn, in theory. I, being a college dropout, I have my own opinions, but if you're going to go to medical school, you go to medical school because you want to be a doctor. And medical school is a very important step and you have to behave properly there. But you have another objective. You're not planning to stay in medical school for the rest of your life. You have another objective. And so it is with us. We, there's another objective here. And that objective is God-realization. That objective is what Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And when Jesus said that, it was a, it was a commandment. It was a commission. It was a prediction. He was telling us why we're here. Be ye therefore perfect. It's not enough that you be like the Pharisees and you advertise to everyone how spiritual you are. Do your spiritual work in secret where God alone can see it. That's delusion. That I'm just being spiritual so everybody will think I'm wonderful versus this is truly who I am. This is what I am becoming. So we are living, every incarnation is a chapter book. Every incarnation is medical school so we can become a doctor. Every incarnation is to have certain experiences so we can learn the deeper reality and the presence of God behind it. Is this an easy teaching? No. Self-realization is not kindergarten. And that's why there's so few of us. It's just as simple as that. Because you have to have had a lot of life experience, lives experience, and you also have to become deeply committed to a fearless comprehension of truth, a fearless willingness to put aside delusion for the sake of reality. Because the events of this world are very challenging. And to be able to see the divine hand and the divine thread weaving behind them is not simple. Which is why Swami says, you know, it's not the events, it's how we react to them. What do we perceive as, as eternal reality behind the transitory experiences of this world? So Swami advises us, your reactions to events are more important in your life than the events themselves. Make sure that you react always in such a way as to increase your inner peace and happiness. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.